We're so glad, glad you and Becky are here. So would, would you guys give Pastor Mike Dickinson a hand as he comes to the stage? Welcome back to the Grove, Pastor Mike. <laughs> it is so good to be here. It is good to have you back. And, and your wife, Becky, would you, right. would you wave or stand? You, she's, yes. <laughs> so last week, how many of you guys like Jason? Jason, you guys enjoy that? Yeah. Last two years, he did an incredible job. Well, this is the guy to blame for Jason, right? So this is Jason's dad. And uh, his family, just, just, they have a heart for just the kingdom. Um, I've rode next to Pastor Mike Dickinson for the last four years. This will be five years. So I guess that's almost that's a little over 2,000 miles together, right? A lot of miles. Yeah, it's awesome. And we have some new riders. We have some new riders in our, in our, in our church this year, which is awesome. So he talked me into doing Bike for Light four years ago. Went out and raised a ton of money for missions, and every year we raise more. Yeah. And uh, it's, he, he's impressive. He's on our team and just a constant uh, rider, and it's, it's been fun. I'm so. constant at the back. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. He's strong. So, um, but it's good to have you. We're glad you're here, and uh, we want to give you an opportunity to speak to, the, to our church and the growth. So Great. Welcome. We so love you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank we you really so do. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? It is such an honor for Becky and I to be here. We, we love this church, love the journey. Uh, some of the journey that actually was prior to the birthing of the Grove actually took place on Bike for the Light as we rode across New Mexico and we dreamed with uh, Pastor Eric these wild and crazy dreams about what you're living today. And uh, it is just an amazing joy to be able to be here. Uh, we celebrate with you guys all the time, follow on Facebook and, and just in our conversations. But it is a, it's an amazing joy to be here. Uh, Pastor Eric said that, uh, uh, commented about Jason being here last week, Jason and Lisa, and I'm, I'm assuming their girls were with them as well. But uh, he said, I'm the one to blame for Jason. And I, I, I will tell you, J- Jason is kind of hyper. Did you pick up on that? Just a little, little, little bit, and and I tell people all the time when I'm when I'm introducing and trying to explain all of that, I said Jason is is me on steroids, and uh, I don't know what he tells them about me though. I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe he doesn't just say, doesn't say anything. But that's my disclaimer uh, this morning, and and uh, it's just great to be here with you. I I actually have listened. I listened to Pastor Kelly's message and and Pastor Eric's as he kicked off this series and. And uh, Pastor Jason's last week, and it's just an amazing joy to be here. And we love your pastors. Did you know that this is this is National Love Your Pastor Day? Did you know that? I just declared it. I just declared it. It is it is national, international, worldwide. Love your pastor day. You have amazing pastors. I know you know that, but I, I love their 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 servants' heart, their leadership giftings, uh, their pastoral leadership. Uh, they're real people. They really are very real people. And you know that. I don't have to tell you any of that. You may be a guest here today, but I want you to know, if you're a guest here, if you have not had the opportunity to meet Pastor Eric and Sincerity and their family, get to know them. You will, you will, you will not be able to uh, do anything other than just to fall in love with these guys. And we love you. We're so honored that we have the privilege of being able to serve you guys. And it's just great to be here today. I, I love the, the focus this year on influence. And uh, I, I just believe God wants us to be people of influence. He wants his church to be a church of influence. You agree with that? Yeah. Now, I heard you talking back to Jason last week, so you need to talk to me a little bit too. Okay? <laughs> it's okay. You won't make me nervous. 
You won't make me nervous. But, but he wants his church to be a, a church of influence. And I was thinking about this yesterday, about the fact that, that it influence is impacted. There are three words that came to my mind. This is not in my notes, but, but there are three words that came to my mind, and that's awareness, attitude, and perspective. And if we had a lot of time today, we could really drill down into those things. But my prayer is that the word that God has for us today will, will perhaps uh, expand our awareness, that it, will, that it will impact our attitude, our mindset concerning being the church. And I know the challenge last week was, was be the church. It really was. that Be the church that God has called us to be. And then it will help to frame our perspective so that our perspective is in alignment with God's perspective about his church. Does that make sense? That's what, that's what I want. Uh, you know, in, in the, the prayer that we know as the Lord's prayer, there's that phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That basically paints a picture of us being in sync with God. And that's what we want. If we're going to have the influence that God wants us to have. And, uh, and, and, and uh, as you consider influence, you'll never have the influence that God desires you to have unless and until you accept and recognize God's plan, God's design for your life and for the church. We don't do it in and of ourselves. It really is about alignment with God and really allowing His Word to help frame our perspective and our understanding. I want to go this morning for the next next few minutes to uh, a really familiar portion of Scripture in Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah is an amazing book. It's uh, it's one of those roller coaster books. In all honesty, if you look through it and you read through it, you're going to find you're going to find some ups and downs, some twists and some turns. It kind of reminds me of life with uh, with every one of us. But in Jeremiah 29, uh, Jeremiah is called to be a prophet at a at a really bad time. A really bad time. You know, there are, there are really great times to lead, and there are really tough times to lead. There are times that, that you can lead, and you can, uh, you, can, you, you, know, you can hit cruise control and sit back and, and really enjoy it. But there are other times that are really, really tough. And that's, that is exactly where Jeremiah was. And in Jeremiah 29, he's given an assignment from God to write a letter to the people of God they are, they are addressed there as the surviving elders among the exiles. His people had been in, in bondage for an extended period of time. It was really, really tough. People are, are dying. It, is, it, it really looks to be an impossible situation. And he writes this letter. But in the midst of it, God has given Jeremiah a message that it almost seems like it doesn't fit to some degree because it's a message of hope. And yet everything looks hopeless. It's a message that, that really speaks to their future, even though that they, they can't figure it out. And in the midst of this letter, he writes, he gives a specific word in Jeremiah 29, 11 that, that is very familiar to a lot of people. But I want us to think about it this morning when he says to them in the middle of the letter, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, at first glance, you look at that and you're thinking, does does God know what's going on here? Is he paying attention to what's going on here? Because this is one of those words that, that there are a lot of people that have that scripture 
in, in, on a painting or may, maybe and it's an inscription uh, or, or a carving that they even decorate their homes with. Oh, I love that scripture for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And then he says, you need to understand, this is what God says. This is God's word. This is not CNN or Fox News. You know, one of the things about the media today, if you don't like the slant on one channel, you can turn it to a different channel and get a different slant. Same story, you know what I'm talking about? But this is God saying, this is what the Lord is saying to you. As a matter of fact, nine times in this letter, pretty odd in some some respects, but nine times as you read through the letter, you're coming along and, and once again it says, this is what God is saying. God is speaking to you. This is the word that God wants to deliver to you. I'm glad that we serve a God that speaks. And he speaks to us. And you might say, well, he's never spoken to me. But as we get in relationship with God, let me tell you, God is a, he's a personal God. And he speaks to us. I remember a number of years ago, I was getting ready to, to drive out to a, a speaking engagement on a Sunday morning. And I, uh, I was just doing some last-minute uh, studying and preparation. And, and I got a text from a, a longtime missionary friend, great friend. And the text simply said, Pastor Mike, may you hear God's whisper today. And I I come back to that all the time because I want to hear the whisper of God. What does God have to say to us? Well, Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of those words that you don't want to just skim over and miss what God is saying. And so for the next few moments, I I want to just kind of turn the spotlight on this verse. And I want to, I want to unpack it a bit, if you will. And I want us to think about what this meant not only to them, but what does this mean to you? And what does it mean to the grove as you seek to be the church of influence that, that God wants you to be? And let me just tell you up front, everything about our world, culture, and system would try to downplay the role of the church. It would try to, it would try to silence the voice of the church. It would try to turn down the volume of the church. But if we understand God's perspective, the light can shine brightly. So what does this word have to say to us? I want to, I want to do maybe take a little bit of a, a unique approach to this this morning. I want to start with the very last word of the verse, and that word is future. What comes to your mind when you think about future? What do you think about when, when you hear that word future? What does it look like? If you had to describe your opinion, your perspective, what does future look like? Does future uh, excite you or does future make you a little bit nervous? Does it make you want to want to jump into it or do you want to back away from future? How do you feel about future? Are you fearful? Are you anxious? Are you excited? How do you feel? How many of you have ever perhaps uh, been reading through a book and the, the, the context of the story in the book, uh, you know, the, everything is building and building and the twists and the turns of a story. And, and perhaps as you're reading along, you've, you come to the end of the chapter and you, 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 think, you find yourself saying, I think I just want to close the book for tonight because I'm not ready to, think, I'm not ready to see what's going to happen in the next chapter. Or maybe you've been watching a television show and, and there's a lot of suspense and things that are going on and, and uh, uh, you come to a certain point uh, and you just say, you know what, I think I want to change channels. Have you ever wished you could just change channels on life? 
Have you ever found yourself? Have you ever, have you ever looked at our world and thought, I wish I could change channels today. I wish, I wish I could somehow reframe the future. But in the midst of their circumstances, God comes along and begins to talk to them about future. I want you to really put this in perspective because this is, this is not like an, a, a, an environment where, you know, it's not like standing in line at Disneyland, you know. And, and uh, you know, how many of you have ever been to Disneyland or one of those big theme parks? You know what it is. You drive into the parking lot, you know, and see, you, you typically never go unless you have kids or grandkids. But anyway, you, you know, you have the kids there and you can see the rides in the distance uh, and everything about it. I mean, it, it, it elicits uh, uh, excitement and anticipation and you can't wait to get through the gate and, and jump into all of that. That's not what this picture is about. This picture is much more like 9-11. Standing in the midst of the Twin Towers, just having crashed down around you and the smoke and the, the fire and the flames and the sirens and all of that uh, going on that would speak of chaos and confusion. And in the midst of this, God speaks. God whispers and he says, I want to talk to you about future. I would suggest to us today that the only one really qualified to talk to us about future is God. Let that soak in. I know there are a lot of voices that want to talk to us about future, and especially during political seasons and, and all of those kind of things. There are a lot of, a lot of voices that, that would want to talk to us about future. But have you recognized that many times when we talk about future, we end up apologizing for what we said? Because the reality is we're not qualified to talk about future, but God comes along, and here's basically the word from God when he talks about future. He wants to remind them and remind us, I hold future in my hands. Your future, the future of the growth, our future, our world, our universe, God is saying, I hold future in my hand. The Bible talks about God as being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And God holds all of it right there in his hands. And he says to them, I want to talk to you about future. And then there's another word here that I want to pull from this verse. It's the word plans. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. How many of you are planners? Some of you planners, I mean, you're really into the details. You're really into plans. I am married to, a, to an, to an off-the-charts planner. Detailed, detailed, detailed. We've been married going on 40, 44 years, 44, I want to go 45, 44 years. She drives me nuts on her planning. Just drives me crazy. Pray for me. Pray for me. And it, 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 it covers every part of life. The detail, the detail, the detail. I, you know, generally we're in a different church pretty much every weekend. And, and uh, this, happens, this, this happens all the time. I still haven't gotten a handle on it. Uh, but uh, in order to help us, we, 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 we need a lot of help. But in order to help us, a couple of years ago, I think it was, we, we, we figured out how that we could sync our phone calendars together so that, I mean, anytime she puts anything on it, I know it. Anytime I put anything on my calendar, she knows it. I mean, we can, we can hypothetically keep up with each other. 
And so a pastor from Las Cruces calls me in the office and says, hey, I'd like for you to come speak for us, uh, uh, you know, next, next, uh, next June, uh, on June the 12th. Can you, can you do that? And I look at my calendar and I say, oh, sure, June 12th next year. That's no big deal. And, and so I put it on the calendar and, uh, five minutes later, Becky comes into my office and she says, I see we're going to Las Cruces and on June the 12th next year. And I said, yeah, I, I knew that you'd see that. And she said, what time does church start on that day? And I, I look at her and I say, honey, it doesn't matter. That's June, first of all. Secondly, we're going to drive down there on Saturday night. We will be with the pastors. They can tell us Saturday night what time church starts on Sunday morning. It is no big deal. And she looks at me and she said, no, it's a big deal. I need to know. I need to know. I need you to get in contact with the pastor and find out what time church starts on June the 12th next year. Planner. How many of you know God's a planner? God's a planner. You, let me tell you, you just look at the universe. God is the ultimate, ultimate planner. And here you find God saying to them, again, speaking to people that, that are trying to figure out how do, we, how do we survive another day. And God shows up and he says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I have a plan for your life. It's not a man plan. Man's plans are based on hope. You know, well, if I hope this works out. And if this works out, maybe this plan will work. But God comes along, God who says, I hold future in my hands. And he says, I have a plan for your life. I have a plan. Jeremiah can remember that in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, God had come to him and said, Jeremiah, he's just a young man. He said, Jeremiah, let me talk to you about my plan for your life. And Jeremiah said, huh, what are you talking about? And God says, Jeremiah, you're going to need to understand, son, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, I had a plan and a design, and I want to talk about that. And here is God coming to these people saying, I have a plan. Could I just pause and tell you today, whatever's going on in your life, you may not have even had a plan to be here today until Someone said, why don't you come with me to the grove? And you don't, you know, they may not have even explained to you what the grove was about. (laughs) And you find yourself here. But let me just tell you, God has a plan for your life, for your family, for your future, for your, for your employment, for every, every detail of your life. He has a plan. The third thing that I want to pull from this verse, and I really see this here, and, uh, and we see it throughout the Word of God, but God's plans, Hear this very carefully. God's plans flow out of the heart of God for you. How many of you know God loves you? You know that. God really does love you. When I, when I, I talk to our grandkids, I, I started teaching this, them this, I mean, as soon as I, I mean, from infancy. You know, do you know how much, do you know how much Pops loves you? I want you to know. They, they, I ask them every once in a while, how much does Pops love you? And they'll stretch their arms out. Could I just tell you, if I could stretch my arms further, I would. Because as far as I stretch my arms, it doesn't begin to express my love for those grandchildren. But God really does love you. And the plans of God flow out of his heart of love for you. Listen to this verse. I know the plans I have. For you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I don't know how you are, but there are some people, their plans make me nervous. 
When they show up and say, hey, I've been thinking, I think we ought to do such and such. I'm thinking, I don't know. I think we need to talk about this. I think the voice of sanity needs to speak into this planning session. You know what I'm talking about? But when God speaks, his plans flow out of the heart of God. I mentioned a moment ago our love for our grandkids. How many grandparents are there in the room? Any grandparents? Got a few grandparents? Oh, yeah. How many of you know grandparents are really weird? They're just, I mean, they're, they're weird. They're, they, re, they really are. I, I, to, I, uh, I tell them all the time, you know, when, when Becky and I were pastoring, grandparents drove me nuts. They drove me nuts because they would, you know, they would take time off and they would go visit their grandkids and they would come back and they thought you wanted to hear every story about everything that happened with them and their grandkids. And they thought everybody in the church wanted to hear every story and see every picture. And, and Pastor, Eric, uh, Pastor Eric's not like this. He's much more kind, much more gracious. Uh, but I must tell you that there were times that as a pastor, I would see, you know, little sister Susie that had gone to visit the grandkids. And she's coming into the church. And she's just looking for somebody to tell the stories to. And I see her coming. And I'm thinking, i got to go somewhere else because I don't have time to hear those stories. I've got a job to do. Then 12 years ago, a little over 12 years ago, Becky and I became grandparents for the first time, and we joined the Weird Club. We're card-carrying members of the Weird Club, let me just tell you. And, uh, and I know there are a lot of you there, you're thinking, what in the world is he talking about? Uh, you'll understand someday, someday. But one of the things that I've, I, I, I picked up on is that grandparenting, it will really mess you up. I mean... You will do things with your grandkids that, that you wouldn't do with anybody else. Becky and I were in, in uh, Pagosa Springs for about 10 days uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago up until this, this uh, middle of this last week. And we had uh, Gerald and Patty, our youngest son and his, his wife, their, their two youngest sons, uh, had them with us. And, and, uh, and they, are, uh, they are five and eight. Is that right? Five and eight. And as we were in Pagosa Springs, they, we drove across the San Juan River there, and uh, they saw, I mean, dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of people floating down the San Juan River in these tubes and going over these little waterfalls and all this stuff. And, and they're, all of a sudden, you know, their eyes light up, and they say, Pops, we ought to go get some inner tubes, and we ought to do that. Some of you saw this on Facebook, uh, or saw part of this on Facebook. But the next thing you know, you know, we're at Walmart buying the, buying the tubes, uh, and, uh, and, uh, Je- and Koa and Judah and myself are going down the river, and I, the, the, the tubes are hooked together, and we're going down the river, and the boys' eyes are this big, and they're saying, Pops, there's the waterfall. We're going to go over it. To, and I'm saying, boys, hang on. You know, we're having this conversation. And as we go over the little waterfall, it really wasn't that big a deal, but as we went over the waterfall, fall the flow i'm in the middle it turns my tube upside down my head hits the bottom of the river hits the rock you know and i'm i mean i'm just i'm going crazy under there and even as i'm trying to survive myself i'm thinking what's happening to koa and judah and i come back up and they're just doing just fine they're saying pops let's do it again and as a grandparent i'm saying you better believe it. Let's do it again. I mean, my head's hurting. My shoulder's hurting. I'm hurting all over. But out of the heart, out of the heart, I hope you understand why the reason I'm telling you this morning is because when God says, I know the plans I have for you, you don't have to be nervous about the plans of God. I'm telling you, he loves you. 
He has your best interest at heart. And when God says, I have a plan for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, it's one of those things that we need to understand. This is the heart of God for us. You see, the plans of God, they really elicit a response from us. The question is, can can you trust his plan? Will you trust his plan? Will you, will you commit to his plan? And the plans of God are not static, but they tend to be unfolding in our lives. In other words, we're not, we're not living the plan from 1990, but, but we're living the plan of July 24th today. What is, how's that plan unfolding in our lives as the whisper of God speaks into our hearts? I love the plans of God. And then he goes on. And if you think about this, there's another component of this that I think is really critical. It has to do with the certainty of God's plans. The certainty of God's plans. Could I just tell you today, you can count on God's plans. That verse begins with this word, these words, I know. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know. Look at your neighbor and say, I know. Do you really? Have you ever thought you knew only to find out you didn't know. Have you ever, ever have you really been convinced and said to someone, I, I know that they say this and they say this, but I know. How many of you have ever had to apologize for things that you knew only to find out that you didn't know? Yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? God, he's the only one qualified to talk to us about future. And to be honest with you, he's the only one who really knows. He knows the certainty of God's plan. God is a God. He's characterized as being omnipotent. That means he can do anything. There's no limit to his power, his understanding. He's also omniscient, which means that he knows everything. God has never been surprised. God has never one time said, oh, man, I didn't see that coming. Never one time did he say, as he had to had to back up. And say, man, if I would have known today what, you know, what was going to happen, I would have handled this differently. But God knows past, present, future, all at the same time. And God says, I know the plans I have for you. You see, the plans of God, they are born in the heart of God. In the heart of God. They're backed by all the resources of heaven, and they're revealed to us by His Spirit, through His Word. You can count on God's plans. Let me just tell you, in a, in a world where, to be honest with you, I, I, I think that anchor points for us to really anchor our trust today, we have fewer anchor points probably than we've ever had as it relates to humanity. Who can you really trust? Who can you really trust? What do you put your trust in? There are organizations, every one of us sitting in this room. I'm not going to try to play politics or get into, into any of this today. But every one of us in this room today, that there's no doubt. If we just think about it, there are organizations, there are people, there are things that, that we had so much trust in. But then we found out something or we heard something or, or something came to light. And we sometimes find ourselves saying, 
you know, where's the anchor point today? Could I just tell you this morning, you can put your trust in God. That's the reason that the writer of the Proverbs says in Proverbs 3, so trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your understanding. Your understanding is just like my understanding. It will get you in trouble. It will lead you down a wrong path. Don't trust in, don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. You are God. I'm not. It's pretty simple, isn't it? You are God. I'm not. You know I don't. <laughs> I put my trust in you. I don't lean to my understanding, but I put my trust in Him and recognize in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. You see, when you're walking in your own strength and your own awareness, you, you have to be careful because you don't know what the next step is going to be. But when you put your trust in God, you can lean on him knowing he will direct your path. When we were with the grandkids just a few days ago, we did a little hike. And as we got into some kind of precarious terrain, it was really interesting because Koa and Judah that, that, uh, most of the time, they're just like most kids. They want to run ahead. They want to do their own thing. But it was pretty amazing because when we got into some of the precarious terrain, all of a sudden those little hands are reaching out to grab my hand because they're saying, I don't want to do this alone. I need some help. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Let me see if we can land this plane. Let me close with a couple of things. Uh, Another thing from this verse that's so neat is, uh, is the personal nature of God's plans. I love the fact that we, live a, we, we serve a personal God. He's not just the God of the universe. He's not some God that's so far removed. He is a personal God. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. Isn't it interesting that we live in such an impersonal world? And we're constantly trying to figure out ways to, to be personal, personal, personable and, and to really connect even when we're not connected. I'm personally grateful for things like Facebook and all those kind of those social media tools that we're able to use. But we live in a pretty impersonal world. And many times in that impersonal world, there are people in their organizations that want to come across like they're personal, but they're really not personal. We've all gotten those computerized letters. Dear Eric, I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about your circumstances. Have you ever read a letter like that and you're thinking, who is this from? If you're like me, and those letters always tend to be multiple pages. You notice that? If you're like me, I really very, very quickly... To be honest with you, I'm suspicious of all of those things now before I even open them up. But, but I quickly go to the back. I want to find who signed this letter. And, of course, I find that the computer, you know, somewhere in India or Pakistan or wherever, you know, somewhere, wherever it happened to be, computerized letter just trying to somehow communicate some personal thing to me. And they don't know me and I don't know them. But God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And you may be sitting here today saying, I don't know God. I've got news for you. He knows you. 
He knows you. He knows you. <laughs> not the not the you that's uh, that is all made up, and not the you that uh, that is your best foot forward. He knows you. He knows me. He knows everything about us. And you are the target of God's plan. You're the target of God's plan. In other words, you are within the embrace of God's plan. You are, you are the, the, the focal point of God's plans. I want you to hear this word one more time. I want you to think about what it just might mean to you individually and corporately as a church. The grove as you look to your future. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And then if you just keep reading that letter, you come down to verse 20, and I'll close with this. But it's so intriguing because he's, he's been talking about a lot of things that we haven't had time to talk about this morning. But as he comes to the close of the letter, verse number 20, he says, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. There are several times in Scripture that you find this phrase, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit would say. To the church. Kind of interesting because on one hand you look at that and you say, well, if you have ears, you should hear. But that's not always true. I found, uh, I don't know about you, but I found that human nature tends to have what I call selective hearing. Kids develop selective hearing very early in life. Jason, who spoke here last week, you would not have believed his selective hearing when he was a child. His brother had the same thing. And it was so crazy, so amazing, because Becky and I would, I mean, we, we, we'd have, we'd, we had to figure it out. We had to come to grips with it. And we'd, I could walk into the living room, you know, and Jason and Gerald might be, I mean, you know, watching something, some sports thing on television. And, I mean, they're glued to the TV. And I walk through, and, and uh, Becky and I maybe had said something to each other. And I walk through, and I say, hey, guys, you want to go to Baskin-Robbins? Boom. Turn the television off. They're in the car. They're ready to go. I can walk into the exact same environment, exact same environment, and say, hey, guys, you know what today is? Today's Thursday. Tomorrow's trash day. Need to get the trash out. Not a movement. I raise my voice. Hey, guys, I don't know if you heard me, but no movement at all. I'm thinking, are they in a coma with their eyes open? What's going on here? I had to somehow penetrate that. To somehow get their attention so that they heard what was being said. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. By the way, this is not just about hearing here. It's about hearing here. What is God saying to us? What is the whisper of God saying to us today? What is this saying to you right where you are? Your world may be really going well. 
or it may be chaotic and painful and confusing. Your world may have a lot of answers, or at least what you think are answers, or it may have countless question marks. But I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. To every one of us today, I pray that we would really apply this in our lives and hear what God would speak to us. Let me tell you, this speaks to us whether it's myself or Pastor Eric in sincerity or any of us in this room. But it also speaks to every person in this room that you may have walked in here for the very first time and you may not have any relationship with God. I want to pray over you this morning. I want to, I want to ask that you bow your, bow your heads just for a few moments. I want to ask you to close your eyes. Just for the privacy of this moment, this is not about us and God. This is about you and God. Could I just remind you this morning that the God of the universe that has, first of all, immeasurable love for you, who literally laid down his life for you, he has a plan for your life. He really wants to know you. He wants you to know him. Some of you perhaps walked into this room this morning and you don't have that vibrant relationship with God. Maybe you have a million questions. Could I just encourage you today, best decision you could ever make in your lifetime would be to acknowledge your need of God and to say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to be my Savior. I need you to wash my sins away because all of us are sinners. We've all sinned. I need you to become the Lord of my life. I need to have that kind of a relationship with you. I don't even know what it's going to look like, but God, I've heard from your word this morning that you have a plan. I wonder how many of you are in this room this morning and just in the privacy of this moment that you would just slip up a hand and say, that's, that's me today. I really want that kind of a relationship with God. I want to invite Jesus into my life today. I want to open up my life to him. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand real quick? We're not going to bring you down to the front, but I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Are there others real quick? Just real quick. God's God's speaking to you. You might say, I don't even understand what's going on right now. I don't understand what's going on right now. I have some questions about this, but you hear what's being said, and you sense in your heart God is reaching out to you with love. Maybe you've served God. Maybe you've known God, but you know that your relationship with God is not what it needs to be. Maybe you've wandered away, and you slip your hand up today saying, Pastor Mike, would you pray for me as well? Very, very quickly, all over the room, just slip up a hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. God really does love you. He really does love you tell you what i'm going to pray for you i want you to pray in your own spirit in your own heart i want you to whisper a prayer to god the bible says if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we're not perfect none of us are but god really does love you so father i pray for i pray for every single individual who is here today god i pray that uh, that you will Just meet us right where we are. 
thank you, Lord, that we hear the whisper of God today. Thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us of your love, of your care, of your concern. Thank you, Lord, that in the midst of whatever's going on in our lives, you really do have a plan. Thank you for speaking that to us today and helping us to know that we really can trust you. God, I just pray today, Lord, especially for those individuals who raise their hand, who simply are saying, I need Jesus. I need God in my life. I need to have a relationship with him. Lord, I pray that you will show them your love, that you will hear their heart, that you will draw close to them, Lord, that you will cleanse every one of us. Thank you that you are our Savior and our Lord. Today, God, we invite you into our hearts. We invite you into our chaos. We invite you into our lives. Be the Lord of our lives. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.